Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. David was the greatest king of Israel. Now, you might think that that honor goes to Solomon, but the reality is that while Solomon started out really well, it didn't end so great. And when his son took the throne, he permanently divided the kingdom by his actions. There is a monument from the 9th century discovered in the territory of North Israel near the very famous Golan Heights that refers not just to this land as the land of Israel, but is specifically being ruled by the house of David. That's almost 3,000 years ago that David's house is already recorded archaeologically. And like all kings, David had a palace. Kings like their palaces and castles, don't they? Made of cedar, probably, rather than the limestone and brick castles that we see in Europe. But unlike all the surrounding states, The God of Israel did not have a temple, which is kind of unusual if you think about it, because in the 9th century BC, that same time that that monument that talks about the house of David is dated to, we know that there was a huge temple built to Hercules in Cadiz, Spain. There was a temple, beautiful, huge temple, the Hatshepsut in Egypt, that dated to the time of the Exodus, long before the time of King David. And Baal, sometimes referred to as Dagon in the Old Testament, and his consort Ashtoreth had temples dating to the time of the judges of Israel. Scattered around the land of David were all sorts of beautiful, big monuments built to the gods of those places. So it kind of makes sense if you think about it that David, sitting there in his beautiful palace of cedar, thinks to himself, why not us? Why doesn't our God, who is the one true God, who has liberated us from slavery in Egypt, who has made us a name on the earth, why doesn't he have a big temple, just like everybody else? Obviously, it wasn't that crazy an idea, because even the prophet Nathan thinks to himself, that's a good idea, until the Lord speaks to him in a vision. I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel, from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. Now, there's some people that read that as an accusation. Look at you guys, you've built all these beautiful palaces for yourself, and there I am, camping. I don't think it's an accusation. I think it's a statement of fact. It's meant to grab their attention. When God spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai and gave the directions for building the tabernacle. The whole point of the structure was that it could move about with the people. And at no point does he talk about building a temple. The Lord of the universe, the one who has created all things, the distant galaxies, the one who created humanity in the first place, Adam and Eve, who delivered us from the violence that we had become consumed with through the flood, chooses to travel around with his people rather than making us come to him at a temple. So God has a different idea. He says to David, I will make for you 
a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Now, maybe David is thinking to himself, I built a house. It's not bad. I thought it was okay. Maybe God has something bigger in mind. Better. Maybe made out of stone. Maybe like those homes that we saw over in Babylon. That's not what the Lord means. In the same way that the Lord says, I travel around with my people, I'm going to make you a house that is made of people. A house that is portable. A house that will be wherever I am, says the Lord. So the Lord's messenger comes to Mary. Gabriel. Not a voice, not a dream, but a very concrete visitor. So there be no mistaking how this announcement is about to change history. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Jesus is the chief of David's house. Jesus is the ultimate tabernacle. He is the tent who can be wherever and whenever God's people need him to be. I just read to you that segment at the very beginning from John chapter 1, verse 14. We'll hear the longer part of that passage tomorrow morning. But I want you to focus just on that one part. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word that's translated as dwelt here literally means to tabernacle. The word became flesh and tented among us. This is what God had in mind from the very beginning, that God was not going to be a God that sits positioned in one place and says, y'all come to me, I'm waiting, like Santa at the mall. We all have to line up to see him. No. God says, I am going to be wherever I need to be, whether it's Galilee or Jerusalem or Jericho or the Decapolis or Tyre and Sidon. And the same is true today. Jesus doesn't wait in certain places like Santa at the mall, waiting for you to come to him. He goes to be with his people. Because where Jesus' name is proclaimed and his gifts are offered, there is God in the midst of us, tenting with us, tabernacling with us. He is able to come to us, even when we are not able to come to him. Jesus' kingdom is still portable. The truth is that the house of David is portable. It is wherever Jesus' name is proclaimed and Jesus is making followers for his son by his spirit. This is why there is no Christian country. Because every country is ours, even while no country is ours. We are in every place. Everywhere that Christ sends his spirit to dwell in people's hearts becomes God's temple. We are God's tent. The nice thing about us is that we're easy to move. We're small. We can be wherever we need to be in Montreal. And our God has always meant that to be the case. 
It's why the other title that we sing about tonight and tomorrow for Jesus is Emmanuel. Not us with God, but God with us. Praise be always to our tenting God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.